Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Our series is called The Kingdom Family, and we said that the family is as strong as the element that made up the family. Uh, To have a kingdom marriage or a kingdom family, you need a kingdom man and a kingdom woman. When a kingdom man and a kingdom woman come come together, they form a kingdom family. A a kingdom family is the family that pleases God. Jesus prayed, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When kingdom comes, God's will is done. The problem is in most families, God's will is not done today. And that's why we are uh, uh, talking about this, bringing the family under God's rule. When God's rule, God's will is done. When God's will is done, the enemy's will is not done. Amen. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we started by saying God is a family man. You see, God cares so much about family, and that is the first institution he created. God is still a family man today, even as he was from the beginning. And that's why when Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 3, the famous prayer, he started by saying, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Other versions say the whole family in heaven and earth derives their name, derive their functionality, derive their nature from God, who is the family. The family is the bedrock of God's order, right? When the family is in disarray, the society is in disarray. When the family is in turmoil, the society is in turmoil. When the family is in chaos, the society is in chaos. And that's why we are returning our family to the kingdom family. Praise the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you. uh, Please come today. uh, Touch us. Speak to us. Teach us. We don't need anyone to teach us because there's an anointing over our lives. And the same anointing teaches us all things. Teach us this morning. Open our eyes of understanding. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. We're going to quickly go back to the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, we started there, but we're going to go back there and reinforce a few truths, uh, and we're going to take it from there. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. And uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to walk it, take care of it. So God gave the man an assignment, created the male man first. The word man is actually the word human which is a very neutral word. Uh, it wasn't, it's not gender specific. All right? Now, so we have man that comes in male, and we have man that comes in female. Praise the name of Jesus. So if you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, you will see he actually calls it mankind. If you read the NIV version. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. 
So mankind has two species, the, the male and the female, and there is nothing in between. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So the Lord God took the man now with the first one. The first one that he created is the male version. Put him in the Garden of Eden to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, gave him an instruction. All right? He gave him an assignment first, gave him an instruction. And, uh, and after a while, he said, you know what? I need to create that. This is incomplete. All right? We need to make a, a, a help mate. All right? And that's what is interpreted. The word interpreted, help mate, is actually uh, the Greek word called Isa Kenegdo. And I told you that last week, right? Which is, the word Isa is the word help. In fact, most times when the word Isa is used in the Bible, it refers to help that comes from God. All right? God is my Isa. God is my help. So the woman was divine. The woman was a help from God. Hallelujah. It actually, the better translation will have been a lifesaver. All right? The woman is a lifesaver. Is the help from above so that man can truly realize his vision, or God's goal, uh, God's vision. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. It actually means something more powerful. So sometimes... If you don't really study this very well, we can really not understand what God is talking about. Uh, so it's important for us to know that. So the woman, as we hear, as I mean, as we see here, is help from above, is the lifesaver, is a preserver. All right, uh, it's very important. Another thing we see from here is the woman was not created out of raw material. Okay, the woman came out of the man. The woman is a more refined version of God's creation. Praise the name of Jesus. If you go to verse 21, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, the Lord took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the, uh, the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he has taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. So if you look at it carefully, the woman is like iPad 2, right? Step 2 of creation. It's a more refined one. Uh, very important. And I believe that's why women, they are more, you know, it's an epitome. They are more, sim- I mean, beauty is associated with women. Very important. While the man came out of a raw material, right? We came out of just... All right? And the woman came out of the man. Very important. All right? More delicate. All right? More refined. And, and that's important. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, so let's go to verse 23 now. In verse 23, he says, uh, the, uh, verse 22, Then the Lord God made a woman from the Arabia taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And in verse 23, the man said, this is now the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Actually, the word woman here simply is the man with a womb. Hallelujah. All right. Woman is a version with a womb, with the ability to procreate. 
all right, ability to, uh, to, to improve, to increase, and that's very, very important. And that's why women have the ability to give birth, all right, ability to uh, almost expand, makes whatever you give to her bigger. And I hope the men are, are listening to this. That's, this is very important. And that's why whatever you give a woman, they make it greater. All right? That's why if you give a woman a sperm, she gives you a baby. Makes it greater. Right? You give her a house, she gives you a home out of it. If you give her a grocery, she makes you a wonderful meal out of it. Praise the name of Jesus. If you give her a smile, she'll give you a heart. She multiplies and enlarges everything that is given to her. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need, to, we need to understand this. This is very, very important. So the woman has a very critical role in God's agenda. And that's why the enemy is after the woman. So we're going to, just like we did yesterday, I mean last week, we're going to look at how the enemy constantly goes after this creation of the Almighty God. You will see that one of the major issues most women go through in life is insecurity. Even though the woman occupies such an important role, uh, the enemy constantly makes every woman to feel insecure. It is hard for you to meet a woman that is secure. Even powerful women always battle with insecurity. They asked Mother Teresa the greatest problem she has in her life. It was that problem of insecurity. This is somebody that we all praise. This is somebody we most people literally worship. This is somebody that has achieved so much, has done so much, everybody wants to listen to her. But throughout her life, she battled with this problem of insecurity. Am I good enough? Am I I beautiful enough? You know, there is this lack of acceptance of oneself. Most women don't accept themselves. Most women feel there's something less about them. You know, the enemy does this so that a woman would never be what God has created it to be. And I think part of the problem also is misinterpretation. Um, when, we look, when we read First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, for example, the Bible says men should deal with women with honor and respect as the weaker partner. Weak doesn't mean inferior. All right? Otherwise, it wouldn't say treat her with honor. All right? You don't treat inferior thing with honor. Right? There are vessels you have in your house that are weaker, vessels of glass, right? They are more delicate. Are they inferior? All right? So weak doesn't mean inferior. I want you to understand that. And I think somehow the enemy does this, uses all these things against the woman, and the woman is not able to accept her place. I am a helper, I am a nurturer. All right? This is where God has placed me. I can make a difference, and I will make a difference in my place. Praise the name of Jesus. The enemy enemy also constantly attacks the woman 
or the woman with emotional issue. This, is, this comes out of this. This studies have, studies have shown, and it's out there, women have more emotional problems. They are more depressed. They are more oppressed psychologically than the man. And I believe strongly this is an attack of the enemy to weaken the woman. Very, 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 it's a serious attack of the enemy. And that's why, really, more women go through this thing. Even in the scripture, you will see that Jesus cast out more devils from women because more women open themselves up. One of the things that open you to demonic affliction is emotional imbalance. You see, emotional imbalance opens you up to demonic affliction more than any other thing. All right? Guilt, if you see people who deal with guilt, people who are constantly depressed, people who are constantly under the oppression of the devil, they are disproportionately more women in that category than men. This is the enemy trying to attack the purpose of the woman. It's very, very important. And if you look at the scripture, you will see, I think in Luke chapter 13, Jesus met a woman that was in church. The Bible says she was bent over, all right? Bent over by demonic affliction. If you go to Luke chapter 8, the Bible even says, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 2 and 3, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirit and diseases. There were a lot of them. Mary Magdalene, we know Jesus cast out seven demons from her. And there are other people, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. So Jesus took time to set them free. Now, in those days, people only, even emotional issues, people just categorize as demonic affliction. Uh, because sometimes they are intertwined. This is what opens people up to all these things. And sometimes they are intertwined. Sometimes they are inseparable. Jesus is a big portion of Jesus' ministry to set this woman free. And invariably, they all became supporters of Jesus. In fact, in this verse, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. They became the supporters of Jesus. They, they became the pillars behind the ministry of Jesus. I once heard uh, Dr. Paul Young Cho, the, the man in South Korea, he shared this. He said, people ask him, what is the secret of your church? He has the largest church in the world, by the way. He grew the 750,000 people in one church, and he grew that church. And they asked him, what is the secret of your church? He said, it's the Korean women that were the secret, right? You know, who supported him in prayer, who were the backbone of this. It's very important. Uh, you know, this is the same thing you can see in the life of Jesus. Amen. Women are also, because of the emotional challenge, more subject to deceit of the enemy. The enemy knows that. And that's why the woman was deceived. In fact, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 17, the Bible says clear, Adam was not deceived. Adam actually went into it clear with a clear mind. So Adam ate the fruit because she didn't want to leave the woman out. He didn't want to leave the woman out. Yeah, you ate it, I'm eating it too. And that's why we just eat whatever our wives give to us, right? (laughs) She said, it's good, it's good. All right? Bible says Adam was not deceived. It was the woman who was deceived, all right? So it is important 
For women to know that you are subject to deceit, the enemy is still constantly, you know, try to deceive, try to confuse, tries to make you feel you're unworthy, tries to make you feel different. And the world system is geared towards deceiving you, telling you you are not this, you are this, this is the standard, you know, this is what you're supposed to look like, this is what you're not supposed to look like. All those things are ways the enemy deceive. Another challenge you will see in the woman version is, you know, the women are more subject to superficiality. And that is linked to that also. All right, superficiality. Thinking, you know, everything is superficial. All right? And that's why every industry is attached to just tearing, using women in adverts, in everywhere, all right? Look at the fashion industry. It's about turning women to whatever they want them to look like. They want women to look like harlot, they start creating it, and they know they will fall for it. They, they, they know how to do all these things. So we got to be, women have to be, kingdom women have to be very careful. The fashion industry is ruled by people who are ungodly. So as Christian women, you don't have to follow every version. Every fashion that is out there. You don't, you don't have to succumb to all these things. You are here to fulfill God's purpose for your life. You don't have to buy everything. You don't have to go through all these things, save your money to buy all these things, just to, you know, just to look like someone, look like the Joneses, look like this person, so that somebody can talk about you, so that you can post something on Facebook. So you don't need all that. You are here for God's purpose. Amen. I also believe the enemy constantly attacked the woman's fertility because he knows the seed of the woman will crush him, right? Because the woman has a womb, both physically and spiritually. Women are nurturer. Women are nurturer. That's why even great men of God most times acknowledge they were nurtured by their mom. Nurtured, prayed for, taken care of, produced. There's no church that is not as a result of the woman in the church. Who we'll nurture it? Who we'll take care of it? Who we'll make sure it's okay? Who we'll make sure it lasts? All right? That's very important. The woman, I mean, the devil constantly attacks, you know, women's ability to conceive, women's ability to carry out the cons, both physically and spiritually. It is very important for women. So because the enemy knows the role of the woman, he constantly comes for ways to attack, to deceive, to destroy, so that the kingdom woman will not fulfill God's purpose for it. And as we look at this today, we're going to be praying for the woman in our midst that they will truly become kingdom women. All right? They will embrace God's plan, God's role, God's assignment. You know, enjoy it, all right? And make sure you fulfill it. Make sure you are not, you know, you don't give in. You don't yield to the enemy's whims and caprices. You don't just, you know, accept anything people say about you, all right? Because of women's emotional state, sometimes just what said to you can set you back 20, 30 years. And you see a woman 20, 30 years 
still living under the weight of words said about them. You know, even though those words sometimes carelessly said, but they are not able to move. Because women, as we said, amplify things, right? You know, and that's why even those of us who are men, who are daughters, who are wives, it's important to know what you say to your wife, to your daughters, or even to your friends who are ladies. They amplify them. You know, they can just, they, they, under the weight of those words, they can struggle sometimes for life without an intervention of God. So what must a kingdom woman do? A kingdom woman who lives in this day and age under the attack of the enemy, under the attack of the society, trying to pull them down, trying to weigh them down, trying to make sure they don't, you know, fulfill God's plan for their purpose. The kingdom woman must find her worth in Christ. The enemy's goal is to reduce the worth of a woman, to let you feel like you are, you are worth nothing, you know, to let you feel like this, you know, you are not important, nobody cares for you, you, you know, you're not. And the enemy has conspired even by using a lot of people, the society, you know, a lot of things in the society reduces the role of, we have churches who reduce the role of a woman. We have churches who say women can come on stage, women can preach, women can speak, women can't do all these things to reduce the value of the woman. Value is different from roles, all right? And so we have these things being said, and a lot of women have this at the back of their head, that they are less valuable. You know, and we have even people who, who, who would do anything to have a male child, as if that means that a male child is better. You know, somehow we send a message when we do those things. You know, when we say, oh, yeah, I must have a male. I mean, those things are irrelevant, all right? So it's important. Whatever child God gives you, that's what God wants you to have, all right? Accept it. There's no difference. We're all of the same value, just fulfilling different purpose. Praise the name of Jesus. So my challenge to the kingdom woman, find your worth in Christ. You see, don't try to find your worth elsewhere. Don't even try to find your worth among your guy friends. So some of you just try to listen to your guy friends. They tell you you are ugly, then you are crushed. They tell you you are fat, then you feel fat, even though you are not. You start feeling it. They tell you you are this, or somebody tells you this. Don't... Find your worth in Christ, all right? The only person that truly cares for you is him. And I'm going to show you the ministry of Jesus. I'm going to share two stories with you that I believe really captures this very well. The first one is found in John chapter 4. Before I go there, I'm going to read Proverbs. Proverbs says, Proverbs 31, uh, where we read, uh, just to pick that before uh, my time is up. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Superficiality is not going to take you anywhere. All right? Physical appearance, that's not supposed to be your focus. That doesn't mean you shouldn't care about it, but that should not be all you live for. Right? Don't look at your budget and see how much you spend on your body. It's so much more than how much you've spent on your spirit. And this is very true of women. Most of them say, I don't like to read. It's my husband that reads. That's 
I don't like to spend my time. But you can spend four hours doing your hair. That's fine. <laughs> 40 minutes reading a book to develop your mind, to develop your body, I mean, to develop your spirit, you don't think it's important. I mean, so you yourself, you are feeding into that, right? I mean, you, when we have financial class, most women don't show up. But if you organize a makeup class, oh, I think you will show up. You think it's, that's cool. I mean, that's serious. I mean, this is, this is something to, I mean, so you are also telling us all you care about is how you look. And there are men that would, they just know that. They know all you care about is look, and they can give you that. So you have to understand that you are more than your look. You are much more valuable than that. Praise the name of Jesus. So charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that fears God shall be praised. So let's go to John chapter 4. If you look at the, the story of the woman that Jesus met by the well, I believe it has a very significant, a spiritual significance. And uh, I thought this is God. I mean, there's no, no doubt this is God. When uh, our worship leader today started talking about thirsty, that's one of thirst, and this is alluding to this story of this woman. You know, who, who was thirsty? She was thirsty for something. That describes most women today. You know, just that they always thirsty, longing for something deep that they can't find. Now, she came to a physical river, a physical well, to fulfill a spiritual need. All right? The need is really deeper. All right, so she came there to fetch water, you know, to try to quench her thirst. But what she's thirsting for, the only person that can fulfill that is Jesus Christ. All right, so she meets Jesus by the well, and Jesus struck a conversation with her. And, you know, she started challenging Jesus, and a lot of women do that, right? Jesus didn't look the poor. You know, Jesus is Jew. Jesus is not supposed to be talking to her. I mean, Jesus is not our type. All right? All these things going on in our head, you know, challenging him, you know, and, you know, arguing with him, you know, all this argument back and forth. And Jesus said, I know you're thirsty. There's a deep longing inside of you that has never been fulfilled. You know, there's something that you want. It's deep. It's not been realized. And Jesus said, look, I have a water that I'm going to give to you. And that water will really quench that. It will give you that satisfaction. And I want to talk to all women today. Look, nothing will give you satisfaction outside of Christ. You know, I don't, I don't care where you go, who you go to, who you talk to, you know, you know, that blog you join, those Facebook posts that you're checking every two minutes to see what comments people have made, how many likes you get. doesn't matter how many likes you get. It's not going to bring you true satisfaction that comes from Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. So Jesus told that everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. That means will never be satisfied, all right? We'll be thirsty again. And, I mean, Jesus actually said in verse 10 first, he said, if you knew the gift of God, what it is that asks you for a drink, you will have asked him. He will have given you living water, all right? And, uh, 
And verse 13, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. That means they will find satisfaction. They will find satisfaction. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And the woman says, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty again. And the conversation continued. And in order to prove that to her, in order to really prove that I really know, Jesus said, uh, you know, talk about a husband. And he said, I have no husband. He said, I know. I know you've tried so many men to fulfill that task. Never been realized. You've tried. Even the one you are living with now is not your husband. You are only staying with him because he's lying to you. All right? He sweet talk you to come and live with him. And you are there, hoping that there will be a marriage. Hoping that he's going to give you a ring. Hoping that he's going to really, really do this. And he's telling you, oh, no, next week, oh, next month. Don't worry, don't worry, I got you. I got you, don't worry. I'm going to, you know, the ring is coming. And that's how many women live their life. Under the weight of that. So she's living with him, sleeping with him cooking for him, doing whatever, and the man is not committing to her. You know, and that's the situation many women, trying to fulfill something that only Jesus can fulfill. I thank God for this woman. The story ended wonderfully well, right? Jesus gave her a purpose. Jesus gave her the water, the water of life. She found her purpose. She realized it. She was free. She became confident again. She became assured of herself. The Bible says she went back to the city and started announcing to Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's very important. She became an evangelist. Who says women can't be used? He said, I know the Messiah. In those days, many people wouldn't even listen to the woman as the, as the person announcing the Messiah. He said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything. So it's important. He went there to say, come and see the man who told me. Come and see the Messiah. He's here. I've seen him. I know him. I have tasted him. Praise the name of Jesus. That's a woman we found. There's another woman that we're going to talk about. I want to really close in time so we can pray. She's found in Luke chapter 8. We call her the woman with the issue of blood. This, is, this woman was bleeding. And that describes the condition of many women today. Bleeding. Emotionally bleeding. Physically bleeding. Right? Looking for cure. Looking for somebody to stop this bleeding. Emotionally drained. Physically drained, mentally drained, always giving, never receiving. Always, <clears throat> always giving, never being taken care of. That describes many women. Always bleeding. And the woman having issue of blood 12 years on and on. Spending all our living. Upon physician, none of them are the answer. 
Many of you, are you bleeding? Are you a woman bleeding? Your self-esteem is going away. And you are spending your money to buy clothes to fill it up. It's not going to happen. Spending so much. You know, spending so much to just do some physical thing that will take care of something deep. All right? Not taking care of. You're taking advantage of. You know, you are being, you are being, you know, this is this condition of this woman. None of them. None of these people could help. Twelve years. Now she's she's broke, still bleeding. None of us. And that's why it's important for you as a kingdom woman. Jesus has your back. He has your back. If you're a single woman, Jesus has your back. And he will never fail you. Don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let anyone tell you you are worth less than what he has told you. In fact, the reason why you fall for those is because you are not listening to Jesus. You're not. If you listen to him, what he tells you, Jesus calls them daughter. Anytime he meets this woman, he said, daughter. Look at the woman with the, the woman that was about to stone, to be stoned. A man conspired against her. Right? Men conspired against her. It's men. Men were ruling. They were in charge. She was caught in adultery. Caught. She wasn't reported. She was caught in the act. I mean, you have to be committing adultery with somebody. I mean, you don't, you don't commit adultery with yourself, right? I mean, if you are caught in the act of adultery, I mean, you would think they will bring her and the man that we caught these two people committing adultery, we need to stone them, all right? You know, so the guys, they are friends, so they let him go, all right? And they brought her. And they brought her to Jesus. They forgot that Jesus is a lover of women. I forgot that Jesus, and after it was said and done, of course, Jesus, you know the story. Jesus told them, if you haven't committed any sin, you can stone her. Let's start. The first person, nobody could stone her. And Jesus was writing on the ground. Some people suspect Jesus was writing their sins. <laughs> Abinadab wrote this, and the Bible said one by one. They left. The most important thing how Jesus ended it, Jesus called her daughter. All right? Jesus did not call her, oh, you adulterous woman. Now it's time. Jesus said, daughter. All right? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So it's important to know that this woman, don't, 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 you have to go to him. He has your word, for, a word for you. Don't go to those places. And this woman was bleeding. And I think someday she came to her senses. All right? And said, you know what? If I can touch Jesus. If I can touch him. Even if I just can touch the hem of his garment. She knew to even touch Jesus is difficult. Some guys are there who are gatekeepers who are not going to let you touch him. 
because you're going to corrupt him in their mind, right? I mean, that's how messed up our world is. Have you noticed generally today when, when they say, oh, and this happened, and I'm, I know there might be true to both sides, but when you see stories of maybe, they will say, oh, this man of God fell, and people start blaming the woman. They say, oh, yeah, some woman. It takes two to, to do these things, you know. How about maybe she was taken advantage of by the man of God? And people say, oh, there are some people. She came there. The enemy sent her there to, to, to bring him down. So why couldn't the man of God know that the enemy sent somebody? So it's important for us to know that some of these things are weighted that way. But that's why as a woman you must really know that the only person that gets your back is Jesus. Ask him what he has to say to you. You know, if you, hear, if you hear his word every morning and he calls you daughter and he tells you you are loved, you won't have to spend the rest of your day looking for anybody to commend you, how you, how you look. And if you have no commendation, you are down. If your post doesn't have so many likes on Instagram or Facebook, you are like, is it because I don't look good? You know, you have all these ups and downs. But if you have listened to Jesus, you won't need to, you know, we won't need to worry about that. And she came and he said, if I can touch his garment, I am. The good thing is Jesus recognizes gentle touch, right? She couldn't, she couldn't really fight like the men. The men had the brute energy, Right? They could knock people, they could kick them, and they could touch Jesus. They were thronging on him, all right? But when she touched just the garment, Jesus recognized that touch. So Jesus knows. And Jesus, Jesus said, virtue came out of me. He said, who touched me? He said, no, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody is thronging on you. People are shoveling people. Are. He said, no, 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 no. I know a touch. I know a touch of faith. I know a touch of a woman. And Jesus said, virtue came out of me. And when the woman saw that she was, she was not hid, she came trembling. Why was he trembling? You see, she was expecting to be scolded again because she's used to that. He said, why will you touch a man of God? What kind of a woman are you? She was explaining. So she was trembling. I mean, guys don't tremble like that. There was even a short guy that went and climbed a tree. And Jesus saw him. I mean, she was trembling. Just, you know. But I'm falling down before him. And the people were saying, now you go where you are looking for now. But Jesus said unto her, daughter. Do you see that? Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. We're going to pray for our women today. We're going to pray. I believe that God has called you to be kingdom woman. You have to, you have to find your worth in him. I like all the women to stand up so we, we pray for them. Hallelujah.
I'm going to pray for you. All right, I'm going to pray for you. Can somebody play uh, the keyboard? Just, just. All right, so we pray. I'd like you to just lift up your hands as I pray. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, I invite you. I'm asking you now that you just move through this congregation and touch every woman here. Make them kingdom women, kingdom-minded. Make them women who find their worth in you. Lord, I stand today in the mighty name of Jesus. And I come against every enemy of their soul, every attack on their perception of themselves, every weapon of the enemy against them, against their soul, against their purpose, using insecurity. I come against it today in the name of Jesus. I come against every one of them going through emotional problems, oppressed, depressed, feeling guilty, feeling unworthy, because the enemy is constantly waging this battle against their mind. I come against you, devil. You have no place in their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare these are daughters of Zion, daughters of Abraham, daughters of the kingdom. You have no place over their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against every deceit of the enemy, every lie of the enemy. Telling them they are worth less than what they are worth. Every lie of the enemy to deceive, to confuse, I come against it in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for any woman here going through fertility problems. The enemy is attacking your womb, ability to conceive. Some of you here today are going through menstrual pain, problem associated with your reproductive issues. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you now, that you touch everyone in the name of Jesus. Every attack over their body, I come against you in the mighty name of Jesus. Just like Jesus declared, I declare over your life, devil, lose them and let them go. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare you are set free. Free indeed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. I want the, I want the single woman to rise up. I want the, all the, all the other woman to, to, if you're single, hallelujah, I'm going to pray, pray for you. Amen. I just want to pray for you because I, I believe that you are really the focus. The enemy wants to really just, I mean, an enemy is more ferocious today. All right, attacking your worth, your feelings, or who you are, constantly trying to really. There is a battle in your mind constantly. Uh, but you need to stay strong. You need to run to Jesus. All right, you need to really have Him. I want you to just lift up your hands as I pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. I pray that these eyes, their eyes, will be open, and I come against every deception of the enemy in their minds. And I pray even in those moments when no one is there, no one is there to encourage, no one is there to puff them up, I pray, Jesus, you will be there. 
you are always there. And I, but I pray that they will really know that they can always come to you. That even in the midst of the noise, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of commotion around them, that even a gentle touch from you will always get your attention. I pray they will know that. I pray that they will be strong. They will find their strength in you. They will find their worth in you. And they will realize they can be anything that you want them to be. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. You can have a seat. I want all heads bow. I want all heads bow. If anyone is here, please let's bow down our heads. We're going to pray the last prayer. But I want to give anyone the opportunity today. You want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. It's important to know that nobody can tell you how much you are worth better than Jesus. If you are here, especially you are a woman, you have not fully surrendered to Jesus. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like you to just wave your hand so I can pray. I'll just pray for you. Please don't leave this place without accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I'll give you a few seconds while I pray. Please just signify. Hallelujah. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Holy Spirit, I invite you that you just take this word and make it bigger than what it is. Expand it in our heart. Expound it in our heart. In the mighty name of Jesus. Bring them to our remembrance when we need them most. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.